The following episode of the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, includes advertising provided by our network, GCN. If you'd like to subscribe to an ad-free version of the program, plus the exclusive After the Paracast podcast, please visit www.theparacast.plus. That's P-L-U-S. Once again, that's www.theparacast.plus. The gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Don't you know that it's been a few years since I've actually gone to a UFO convention. So I got word here from Alejandro Rojas that the International UFO Congress is going to be held in Mesa, Arizona from the 12th to 16th of October. This is at the Sheraton at Wrigleyville West, if you're interested. And what they've done here is if you use the coupon code PARACAST, they'll give you a 20% discount, okay? And featured guests include, of course, David Marler, Dr. Michael Masters, and other people that you're familiar with from the PARACAST. So check it out. Again, use the coupon code PARACAST. Go to ufocongress.com, UFO. Congress.com. So we're doing this show in autumn, and I quickly repeated the mantra from the 1941's horror classic, The Wolfman, which I shall not do here. But <laughs> then our guest, Shane Cashman, tells me, you've got a poster for The Wolfman? It was actually my friend I was in a band with. He had a room filled with horror posters, and that was one of them. That is probably one of the best horror films made. I know they did a new version, but I didn't like it. I thought all the efforts to duplicate the original horror films are bad. There was one of the George Romero ones they redid in the early 2000s that I remember liking, but it's rare. I feel like it was maybe Day of the Dead or Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, the, the reboot thing, I think, is a lack of creativity. You know, bring back the mummy. We have Arnold Vosloo playing the mummy, but if we remember the original film with Boris Karloff as his star, he had the perfect Arab yeah. menace to the film, and I don't think that Arnold Vosloo, speaking in ancient Egyptian, had the same level of menace, although he's a really good actor. A big problem with a lot of the reboots is that they rely so heavily on like CG, and it mm-hmm. kind of takes away from... Like the old horror movies are, I think, in my opinion, scarier because they leave a lot up to the imagination and then you can kind of fill in your biggest fear. Even like silly old movies, like I'm a huge fan of um, Ed Wood and Bela Lugosi and Plan 9 from Outer Space, which are kind of silly, but those movies, for whatever reason, resonate with me and stay with me. And I can't imagine someone remaking one of those now. I'd be terrified. When you look at the original Universal horror films, they were made with care. They had great actors and they created the proper suspense. Like there's a scene in the original Frankenstein where Boris Karloff as the Frankenstein monster is looks at this girl 
putting what daisies into the water, he looks at her and smiles, and of course she throws her into the water and she drowns. But that is suggested. You don't see it. All you see is a father carrying the body of his lifeless daughter. Everything yep. else is implied. You don't need to see it. But the other thing right. is that Boris Karloff played that character with sympathy. Everyone felt bad for the monster. He didn't frighten people so much as you forgave the fact that he was in a position he never asked for. Yeah, exactly. It makes it so much more relatable and in a terrifying way. That kind of stuff is lost to today's horror movies. I don't know if I've seen any that lately that I feel like I've really connected to. Even if it's a protagonist who's supposed to be relatable, I don't think I care about. Universal wanted to reboot the horror film, so they bring back another reboot of The Mummy. The Mummy is a woman, the star is Tom Cruise, a sure sign of failure. Hey, Tom Cruise is one of our greatest actors living, man. What are you talking about? Yeah, it's Ethan Hunt. He's great. Also in the movie A Few Good Men, he was terrific in that film. Born on the 4th of July, I thought he was terrific, but he's also had his share of clunkers, as they say. But he's a great guy playing Tom Cruise. For me, with Tom Cruise, I like Interview with a Vampire, which that's another thing they've rebooted. It's on um, AMC now, I think. I love Vanilla Sky. That's a, and that movie's kind of terrifying. It's not really a horror movie, but it, it could be. I don't know how we get started in this conversation, but we are uh, talking to Shane Cashman, who is host, it says here, of a podcast called Tales from the Inverted World. That sounds like multiverse. Is that the intention? What's the intention of the title? The intention with the title, honestly, is that the world to me right now feels like it's upside down. So all the stories I'm telling, which are all true stories and deeply investigated stories, they might sound outlandish, ridiculous, products of some type of paranoid delusion, but they are based in reality. So my whole thing is that we are living in the inverted world. Yeah, I just spend I spend a lot of time going out on the ground researching different stories from murder cover-ups, serial killers, ghost encounters and and whatnot. And uh, I write a a long form narrative about it. What got you started in this strange business? Well, I started freelancing for magazines a while ago, I would say 15 years ago. And I was pretty much always writing about something dark or mysterious. I don't know why might've been because I grew up in a really old house. I grew up in a house like from the 1700s. In, in the Hudson Valley. So the woods did a number on me, the dark woods at night. And I became fascinated with the things that scared me. Then I got into Unsolved Mysteries and X-Files and Twin Peaks. And, and then I just turned into the idea of, I want to write these stories, but I wanted to find the ones that people had claimed to and encountered in real life. You know, I can't prove it all, but I like hearing people's stories. And I like seeing the places in which the things supposedly happened. So about a year ago, we launched Tales from the Inverted World, which has been, uh, it's turned into now two books in one year, and I'm already at work on a third. Well, you keep this going, you'll become a writer. I might. I'll tell my mom eventually I'm a writer. So does your mom ask you when you're going to have a real job? (laughs) No, she actually, now that she sees me actually living, She's not afraid. I think there was a, I'm 37 now. So there's good 35, 36 years of, of terror of how I was going to do this. I had a lot of weird jobs on the side. I was always writing, but I was a, I was a professor for 10 years. And while I was a professor, I was a furniture mover. And while I was doing that, I was working for magazines. So yeah, 
Okay, let me let me get this in sequence here. You're a professor at college? I was for about 10 years. I was an adjunct professor at two different colleges where I taught journalism and fiction. Okay. My son has a degree in journalism, so that's that's interesting. And you're moving furniture on the side. Evidently, adjunct professors don't get a big salary. <laughs> Adjunct, that was a, a job I loved. I love teaching, but um, the adjuncts get nothing. I don't know if, do you know about adjunct professors? Like, there, there were, uh, at, my, at one of my colleges, there was 400 professors, 300 of them were adjuncts. And by an adjunct, I think the definition is we're just a temporary replacement. So you get paid very little, but you work full time, and it's, uh, it's a pain. You're kind of like a substitute teacher. Yeah, it's a glorified sub. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you have this big title. So it's a highfalutin title and a lowfalutin salary. That's not a word. I made it I up, mean, see? I mean, I can still I make up words works. at my age. It works. It was even lower than lowfalutin. It was uh, embarrassing. But, you know, there was always a dream that I would make it up into a real, a real teaching job. But I got out of that. I left teaching almost exactly a year ago. And it was a tough decision, but... The job I'm at now is is actually a real job, and I'm grateful for it. So I was able to leave, and we, we pretty much packed up and left New York, where I was. My wife and I were born and raised, and never thought that would happen. And he, now we're, you know, like in West Virginia, which we're loving. Ah, home of the Mothman. What part of New That's York? Right. We're in the Panhandle, about two hours outside of D.C. in the mountains. It's beautiful. What part of New York are you from? Oh, we are from the Hudson Valley. Uh, I grew up in West Point, New York, the military academy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, our guest is Shane Cashman, and we have a copy of a book here called Tales from the Inverted World, and it's not the Upside Down. Our co-host is Tim Swartz, who inhabits ConspiracyJournal.com. You're in the Paracast. Standard of Paranormal Radio. And now, here. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. 
We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Should let your listeners know that in future episodes, we'll be featuring Nick Redfern talking about a brand new book about pyramids and such. And Kevin Randall's due to join us in the near future. We'll let you know. Stay with us. Shane Cashman is telling us how he got involved in writing about the paranormal. And, of course, his book is Tales from the Inverted World, one of his books. And I want to jump into one chapter that just kind of caught my attention as I'm looking the thing over here right now. I have the PDF version so I can scroll through it without making noises of pages moving. And that is... The aliens are not here to save us. That's a revelation, because if they're here to save us, they do a pretty bad job of it. (laughs) Yeah, they do. That was a fun story. Actually, that story is based around my hometown. You you guys might know it. Pine Bush. Have you heard of Pine Bush, New York? I have, yes. I'm from Brooklyn, so I hear about these things occasionally. Okay. Yeah, Pine Bush. Pine Bush is known for like the last 200 years of having these weird UFO encounters. There's a cemetery there from the 19th century where people in, I believe, the turn of the century around 1905 or 1906 saw columns of fire emerging from the ground in the cemetery. There's people who claim to see you know, your, your typical triangle with lights blinking in the sky. The town, for whatever reason has a lot of weird things going on but my story starts with this one man who is from peekskill new york which is across the river the hudson river and he has been abducted so he says since the age of i believe it was i want to say the age of seven could be wrong so the main character of the story i wrote is from peekskill new york and he claims to have been abducted since he was about i think seven or eight And he has very vivid memories of being carried out of his window, flying over Peekskill, New York, and seeing the the trees, seeing the river. And this happened soon after. I think he had a a traumatic experience as a child. And it's been going on in his life for about 40 years. He marries his wife. He doesn't tell really a lot of people about these experiences. And then eventually... Him and his wife moved to Pine Bush, New York, where he opens up the newspaper and sees a wanted ad for people who've been abducted. And it's like a little group of people who meet at a local church to have coffee and talk about their abductions. So that's kind of where the story picks up. And I go through this man's history of all the aliens he claims to have met and Pine Bush in particular. And this happened to coincide with Pine Bush's UFO Fest, which happens every year. If anyone's ever in the area or if ever wants to travel to the Hudson Valley, New York, it's worth going. There's people from MUFON there. 
there are a ton of people dressed up in some wild costumes, a lot of vendors, and there's a really cool UFO museum as well. Of course, Hudson Valley has been home for UFO sightings. Now, getting back to this person who was abducted and has undergone experiences, what kind of traumatic experience did he have? Is this something you care to mention? Yeah, yeah. I think I mentioned it in the story. He loses a parent early on, and that, I think, has some effect on him. But he claims his abductions actually predated that traumatic event. I think they might have increased afterwards. He loses one parent early on, and then his other parent, I think it was his father, dies maybe five years later. I asked him if he attributes the trauma to any of his experiences, uh, he, and he says he doesn't know. He says he likes to think that the aliens are studying him because of his traumatic experiences and that he also believes he's a psychic and that he can see uh, certain things in the future. So hard things to prove, but he's got some pretty ridiculous stories that I love talking to him about. And in Pinebush, for whatever reason, people say ley lines. People say there's some type of uh, crystals in the ground. Whatever it is, a lot of people there share very similar stories to him from also their childhood in the surrounding area. So for me, uh, I witness all that. This always gets to be a tr troublesome issue. Has he undergone hypnotic regression for any of this? No, not that I believe. Not that he said. The only thing I know he did that wasn't hypnotic. He got a crazy degree in like, oh, it's a spiritual awakening of alien abductions. So that's, that's all I know he's done in terms of uh, trying to find some type of healing or solace is writing a thesis on his abductions. And then he tried to help people break out of their trauma by, it's kind of like um, making them revisit their, their trauma in terms of the alien abduction. And he believes that if they can do that, and if they can find peace in their abductions, they can find a peace in their in their life. Uh, because he thinks a lot of people who have been abducted, it kind of consumes their life. And it, he doesn't want it to be the only thing that consumes them. He wants them to find hope in it and that it's a, it's actually a joyous thing. I enjoyed that, uh, that story in particular because of at one point he's uh, uh, musing about his encounters and uh, yeah, at one point he says he's also not entirely sure that he's actually met the aliens themselves rather he thinks it's possible he's only met their avatars tars, or their organic beings that have been bred only for space travel now that's, hmm. that's something that's been you know bantied about a little bit within the UFO community but I mean that's just that those few words that's a very big idea i love that idea uh i love i love this guy because we spent hours and hours talking about normal everyday stuff and then we just go into this and and i you know he knows a lot and what people might hear him and think he's crazy and stuff but you know he's he's a really smart man and he deeply believes this so when he talked about that in particular all i could think about was we right now in our civilization are just getting into like the metaverse. So if you accelerate that hundreds or thousands of years, I, I could see us getting to a point where we have avatars that we're sending out into the you know so-called real world to do our bidding. So it's not so beyond the realm of reason for some advanced species somewhere else. Maybe they're interdimensional, maybe just far, far away in the solar system, what have you. 
to, you know, they realize they, they can't physically come here. So they've got to grow some organic suit or, or send some type of avatar to do whatever it is they want to do to, to study us, which is what this guy believes is that they're, they're here just to study us. Well, if they're going to study us, I kind of think they can do it in a more user-friendly fashion. That's what bothers me about abductions. Yeah, it's, it's always so barbaric. It's as if they have no respect for humans, whatever. We're just like insects to them. Well, maybe, maybe they are. I will say, in the alien's defense, in terms of this specific story, he makes it out to, to, he makes it out that some aliens do have compassion and some don't and that there's he's met all these different types of aliens. And, you know, he's actually been, according to him, abducted to help heal aliens, I think, by his very presence. I forget how it worked. But as according to him, he remembers helping heal some type of leader of this uh, of one of the aliens on one of their ships. So I think some of them maybe have compassion for us. And others don't. But that's, you know, that's how that's how humans are. Some people save the spider from their bathroom and let it go outside. And other people squash it under their boot. Don't ask me what I do. Shane Cashman, <laughs> Tim Swartz, Gene Steinberg, you're in The Paracast. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Should let your listeners know that in future episodes, we'll be featuring Nick Redfern talking about a brand new book about pyramids and such. And Kevin Randall's due to join us in the near future. We'll let you know. Stay with us. Shane Cashman is telling us how he got involved in writing about the paranormal. And, of course, his book is Tales from the Inverted World, one of his books. And I want to jump into one chapter that just kind of caught my attention as I'm looking the thing over here right now. I have the PDF version so I can scroll through it without making noises of pages moving. And that is... The aliens are not here to save us. That's a revelation, because if they're here to save us, they do a pretty bad job of it. <laughs> yeah, they do. That was a fun story. Actually, that story is based around my hometown. You, might, you guys might know it. Pinebush. Have you heard of Pinebush, New York? I have, yes. I'm from Brooklyn, so I hear about these things occasionally. Okay. Yeah, Pinebush. Pinebush is known for like the last 200 years of having these weird UFO encounters. There's a cemetery there from the 19th century where people in, I believe the turn of the century around 1905 and I think it was six saw columns of fire emerging from the ground in the cemetery. There's people who claim to see, you know, your, your typical triangle with lights blinking in the sky, the town for whatever reason, has a lot of weird things going on but my story starts with this one man who is from peekskill new york which is across the river the hudson river and he 
has been abducted, so he says, since the age of, I believe it was, I want to say the age of seven, could be wrong. So the main character of the story I wrote is from Peekskill, New York, and he claims to have been abducted since he was about, I think, seven or eight, and he has very vivid memories of being carried out of his window, flying over Peekskill, New York. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. USA Radio News. I'm Tony Marusa reporting. The New York City Police Department on Friday identified four suspects who were allegedly part of a group of people wearing neon green bodysuits on a Manhattan subway train who attacked two teenagers. The suspects were identified as Chianti Alston, Myra Youssef, Dariana Paguero, all 26, and 34-year-old Emily Soto as being among the group captured on camera punching and tossing around two 19-year-old women in the Times Square subway station early Sunday. As gas prices have risen for 15 consecutive days and OPEC announced production cuts, which could drive prices even higher, Fox News contributor and former White House Deputy Chief of Staff Karl Rove argued Republicans stand a good chance of gaining control in the Senate after the midterm election on Cabuto Live Saturday as inflation remains a top concern for all voters. This is USA Radio News. These are the sounds of someone taking their eyes off the road. Texting while driving is more than distracting. It's dangerous. Do yourself a favor. Do us all a favor. When you're on the road, stay off the phone. A message from CTIA. Radio. Why should I advertise on radio? There's nothing to look at. No pictures. Listen, you can do things on radio you couldn't possibly do on TV. That'll be the day. All right, watch this. 
Okay, people, and now when I give you the cue, I want the 700-foot mountain of whipped cream to roll into Lake Michigan, which has been drained and filled with hot chocolate. Then the Royal Canadian Air Force will fly overhead, towing a 10-ton maraschino cherry, which will be dropped into the whipped cream to the cheering of 25,000 extras. All right, cue the mountain. Now, you want to try that on television? Well... You see, radio is a very special medium because it stretches the imagination. Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. I'm kind of the insect killer kind of person, which means insects will not likely. Shane and Gene and Tim, we're talking about a case that Shane has reported in his book about UFOs and about, ooh, they're not here to save us. Or at least in the case of this particular person that you're talking about here. You mentioned that he allegedly helped save the life of one of the space people. How so? It's been about a year since I wrote this one. So forgive me if I get this wrong for anyone who's actually uh, listened or read the book. But I believe he said he remembers waking up on a ship and he sees a group of these, I think they were small grays and he could tell by their faces that they were upset. They were commuting through telekinesis uh, and they were like bringing him to an older sickly version of them. Like one, and he assumed it was a leader. I think it was just his presence. I think they maybe they touched and it kind of healed him. And, and then there was like a feeling of elation and he felt really good in terms of aliens saving us. I can't say, but he, according to him, he saved some aliens and he felt pretty good about it. So, you know, good on him. Strange that we'd need an alien to have a human save them. Yeah. You know, I had just finished writing another story for this book about uh, the mice and rat experiments. And one of the people I talked to talked about, you know, one of those experiments where they would take an old dying mouse and sew it to a new, uh, uh, like a young mouse, and how the young mouse would deteriorate, but the old mouse would start to feel better and almost like replenish. And it made me think of that in a weird way, of those mice sewn together. Uh, this, this guy in his spaceship with the aliens was kind of like that young mouse, perhaps giving some type of rejuvenation to the dying alien. Okay, that's a way of absorbing energy in a sense. Yeah, exactly. Like a vampire. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of this vampiric stuff is uh, possible, whether it's you know aliens or just through our own energy. I mean, look at how people who are extremely negative live their lives. And I can see that their own negativity kind of be a vampirism on those around them. It's, it's certainly possible. It doesn't always have to be negative. But strangely enough, I was hospitalized on August 1st. I've spent four days in a hospital. 
and had recovered after that for a period of time. During that time, the dog whose bark you heard before we started this episode, that little tiny guy, he retreated into himself. He'd go out, of course, and do his stuff. But when it came to meals, he'd skip the meals. And for a period of time, he limped on one of his legs. Oh, wow. Yeah, they know. It's like, uh, you know, our uh, cats, they knew immediately when my wife was pregnant with, the, with our firstborn. They just treated her differently. I grew up on a farm. I think my first friends were animals. So uh, I, I saw them. They're very receptive to human feelings. That's for sure. Uh, horses, for sure. I mean, I would, I could, you could visibly see a, a sadness in a horse's eye, especially if they were sick or if they had witnessed another horse be sick or even die. Growing up uh, where you did, I mean, you know, the Hudson Valley is, as we had talked about previously, you know, uh, a lot of UFO uh, sightings. And you said that you grew up in a uh, uh, a pretty pretty old house. You know, any uh, any weird experiences of your own uh, when you were a kid? Oh yeah, yeah. We uh, that house we moved in there in 1986. I was a year old, and I think. Rather, rather quickly, my parents started just sensing weird things. And then it would be, you know, the lights going off and weird sounds in the attic. And you could attribute those to an old house. And we did that a lot of the time. But then it would be really strange sounds in the attic. And like, like the, and it sounds like stereotypical to even say it out loud at this point, but it really did sound like chains clanking. <laughs> um, but it's an extremely old house. And we found out that at one point it was part of the underground railroad. And there's a secret, pa- a secret passageway that we actually had never been in for 30 years in that house. And I had only gone into it like two years ago. I found it. I found my way in actually during the, the COVID lockdowns. I was like, I think I'm going to find this passageway. And it's just a weird empty space where you could imagine people hiding or who knows what. But uh, yeah, that turned into, you know, as a, as a young kid, the weird sounds would get to me and I had a little sleep paralysis every now and then I would see those, uh, like blue tentacles on the ceilings and maybe I was just dreaming. I don't know, but I, I, it would freak me out. And I would eventually learn, I think around the age of 12 or 13 that a young boy by the name of Jimmy died in our house. He was actually shot dead by his brother and I was sleeping in his bedroom and he had, he had been shot dead in our, like, basically it's a basement, but it's like, it's more like a back room. It's weird. The house is built into a hill. So half the house is underground. And once we found out about Jimmy's death, we just started talking to Jimmy as if he was part of the family and then things kind of calmed down. So whether or not Jimmy was actually a presence, I don't know, but we all, my, my parents, my two younger sisters, we just, always had Jimmy. We always talked to Jimmy. He had dinner with us. So it's this very nonchalant thing going on between us and Jimmy. And then when I wrote this book that we are talking about now, the last inverted world book, I decided to investigate Jimmy's death because it was just kind of like a local legend, you know, like I'd always heard about it, but then the more I started talking to people, the more either the story would change. Some people would even say he never existed. Other people would say he didn't die there. It was another person. So I was like, what is going on here? And then am I, am I basing my relationship with this ghost off of, uh, you know, all just 
fake news? Like what is going on? So I spent a few months really trying to figure out what happened and the property where I grew up. So my parents are, they're coaches for the equestrian team. So that's why we grew up on a horse farm. So we're in the woods, but it's military academy property. So the military police are the ones who dealt with that incident in, it was Super Bowl Sunday, 1979. So dealing with them, it was like super tight lipped. No one had anything. They claimed to have no records of this murder. The, the military police told me it never happened. They told me if I, if I wanted to, if I wanted to ask anybody else, I could go to the, uh, uh, oh, like the, the Pentagon basically where they have the archives. So I emailed them. I filed a, a report to, you know, Freedom of Information Act to get that to get that, and they told me it never happened. There's no evidence of this, so I was starting to really be bummed, which which is a weird feeling because I wanted, I didn't want to be bummed that this kid didn't die. I was actually kind of happy that maybe a murder didn't happen, but I also just couldn't believe it was not true because so many people in my town had told me about it, even if it was different each time a little bit. I believed in it, so. Then I went and pretty much went blind looking at the microfilm in our local library over like a decade from the early 70s to the late to late 70s. Because I knew it had to be around that time because everyone did say it happened around a Super Bowl Sunday in the 70s. So I'm there squinting at this terrible microfilm. And I freaking finally find one little paragraph about a boy named Jimmy who was shot on Super Bowl Sunday by his brother at my old house. And I was like floored. I was really sad. It's like, Dan, Dan, it happened. Like you got this kid, but I was also like, okay, at least I know there is some truth to this. Cause there, here it is, this old article that I found that was outside of the domain of the military where they couldn't just pigeonhole it because, you know, I grew up on this military property and I knew if I did some bad stuff, which I did plenty, I had to do it really well and keep it hidden from everybody. Cause my parents could get kicked out. It was pretty uh, tough on the military property, you know, there was all these soldiers always roaming the woods and there's shooting happening and cannon blasts and all this stuff. So if this, if this article existed, it must have happened. And I was pretty certain that the military probably had to cover it up for any number of reasons. I don't, I, I who knows why. We got more of a Shane and Gene and Tim means you're in the podcast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. 
Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. Silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at Silverlungs.com. That's Silverlungs.com. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill MD discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special DR. DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, simulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I Medical.com. Or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. This is Micah Hanks of the Gray Alien Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Well, I can see the military loves to cover things up, so I can see that. I wanted to just go back to one thing I noticed in the book Inverted World, and that is when you're talking about that abductee, it says, quote, he believes the aliens have the ability to manipulate your memory, possibly as an attempt to keep their secret secret. But they have that ability. And I ask this of all people who talk about abductions, how do we know the memory of the abduction is real? Right, right. Yeah, I, I think you have to be skeptical of absolutely everything you hear, any of these encounters. And it's unfortunate because 
I want to believe everything and I love talking to people, but you just don't know. It could be a number of things. Like it could be my labs. It could be, you know, the military doing this. It could be aliens doing this. It could be aliens created by the military doing this, you know? And we also know that eyewitness accounts in anything are unfortunately pretty unreliable, even with horrible things like with crime that happened in daylight in the middle of the street. So it's hard. It's hard with him. I could say, there's dozens of experiences with him. And, you know, what I look at is so many people who he doesn't know, who haven't heard his story, because he's not like a well-known person in his community. He is, but people from like Phoenix or people from Saskatoon, and they have very similar stories. So there's something there. I don't know what it is. I think you, it's hard to trust people's memories. And even he says it there with what you quoted. So we ought to take it all the grain of salt. I kind of worry about all or most UFO abduction cases. I also consider whether a small number of these may have some kind of government connection. And I think of Barney and Betty Hill living near a military base. And most of their friends are in the military. And I think, you know what? Wait a minute. If the military has been doing experiments, here we have an interracial couple at a time before the civil rights acts and there's certainly discrimination involved maybe that yep. made them ideal candidates they could have been the victim of some kind of government experiment i want to believe in aliens and i i believe there's a lot out there that we just don't know yet maybe never will but i one thing i know for certain is that our government is extremely nefarious and they're willing to do anything to its own citizens. I always point to Tuskegee, especially if you want to talk about, you know, singling out a minority and doing what they did to, to those men at Tuskegee and giving them syphilis and then just watching them suffer for decades. You know, our government is capable of extreme barbarism. So, yeah, when I see that story or any abduction cases, especially ones that happen around military bases, I'm extremely skeptical and think it's probably just the government because we all know that they're pretty terrible. And if you read that report that came out, I think last June about the new UAP situation and what it could be. And, you know, they had the congressional hearings. The majority of those were just things that happened around military bases. So then you could say, is it the aliens observing technology on our military bases or is it the military doing stuff? just where they were, you know, which is where I tend to believe things are probably happening. The thing about a lot of um, abduction cases and uh, the one that you wrote about particularly is that, you know, there are so many of them where the person isn't seeking publicity. They just know that they are having strange experiences and are trying to deal with it the best way that they can. Because unfortunately, you can't go to a therapist, usually, and say, you know, I'm being abducted by aliens. You know, I mean, that's, that's a good way to end up with, a, uh, you know, all kinds of, of, of mind-altering prescriptions. So, you know, I mean, you know, and, and this guy like so many others, is just trying to live his life. Yeah, I noticed that a lot of the people, I think you can also tell when people are looking for some type of notoriety through their story, and the story starts to have that whiff of you know just being extremely false and put on. But with a lot of the people I talk to, like this man in particular, I think they just want someone to hear their story. And whether or not I come out and just be like, 
I believe you, sir, 100%. I don't think that really matters as much as me just listening to them and not denouncing them. Because I'm not here to just be like, this person's insane, you know, because insane things happen. I've seen insane things. I've experienced insane things. Weird things happen. I don't know what exactly they might all be. But I think a lot of these people just want to be heard and be like, I want to tell my story in a way that I'm not going to be sensationalized. I'm not going to be turned into some weird clickbait or a freak. You know, I, I, uh, one of my favorite writers was this guy from like the fifties. He was, his name was Joseph Mitchell. He wrote a book I love called up in the old hotel. And he was from, uh, in, in New York city and he would just walk around and talk to the people on the fringes of society. Now I'm not saying I'm talking to the people on the fringes of society, but I'm definitely hearing ideas that exist on the fringes of society. And, you know, what I learned from Joseph Mitchell is that you got to treat them with some respect and, and have empathy and hear them out and share their story as objectively as I can. And where it's possible, I, I will add my opinion, but I try not to ever be condescending unless they're, unless they're a total jerk to me, then I can have some fun. <laughs> well, a lot of these people and a lot of these cases, I mean, they are operating a lot of times in a vacuum. I mean, they, they haven't you know done the research to see what's going on with others who who are reporting the same kind of experiences, yet there's so much commonality between these stories that, I mean, you, you could almost have like, you know, you could almost play bingo <laughs> with, oh, yeah. with these stories and, you know, and check off uh, uh, the the same situations with these people who can be you know, living their lives miles, years apart, generations apart. Yep. Yep. Oh yeah. Generations apart. That's to me, the scariest part is that they can, you know, and that right there is what sometimes makes me think, okay, maybe it's not just the government. Cause there are stories like in particular, the stuff that happened in Pine Bush at the turn of the century, at least the government that we know, that's that that is the face of the government doesn't seem like they are capable of some of these things that people claim to have seen at the turn of the century but then you know who knows that that could mean okay well there's advanced species visiting us or our government just has a lot of stuff and they're way more advanced than, than we even know uh you know that remains to be seen the problem of course here is that there are possibly too many people in the government who don't realize these are people they're dealing with. To them, there's just statistics they can manipulate. Exactly. It's like what you were saying earlier about the way aliens might view us as insects. You know, that's how I see the government seeing us. Well, it depends. I think most people who work for the government are just regular people just trying to do their oh, job. Yeah. But there are people in yes. power who sometimes don't care about anything but their power. And yes. that's why we have things like, well, the possibility that there's a secret to the UFO mystery or UAP mystery that's being kept by the government and may even be withheld from people with transitory positions like a president. Well, he's there for, or she maybe in the future, will be there for yep. four years or eight years. They are temporary occupants. They do not have the need to know, so they won't know. Yeah, I, I don't think presidents really know much at all. I forget who it was, though. Who, who was friends with Jackie Gleason? Uh, was it Eisenhower? Yeah, Jackie Gleason was friends with, was it Nixon, who he claimed that he took him in the dead of night to go look at some alien 
corpses. Do you know that story? Yes. So the thing that's funny about that and in, in relation to the story you're uh, referencing in my book about the aliens not here to save us is the man who's the main character in my investigation is from Peekskill, New York. Jackie Gleason lived in Peekskill, New York. Jackie Gleason also, as we all know, if you're listening to this show in particular, was a big alien person. Uh, he was obsessed with aliens so much so that in Peekskill, New York, he built, I believe, three houses that were the shape of flying saucers. Have you ever seen those? They're really cool. I've seen the pictures of like his main house, and plus that house has just this fantastic library oh, of yes. all of the material that he collected uh, over yes. the years. It's so good. So in, in terms of presidents knowing nothing, I tend to believe that. But if you want to take Jackie Gleason's story and think it's perhaps true, then maybe Nixon had some access to aliens because I, th I forget his widow wrote the book saying that when he came back, when Gleason came back from seeing the corpses of the aliens, he was forever changed. Now, to be fair to a lot of people in our audience who are skeptical about such things, yes, it is perfectly true that these stories of encounters with presidents and aliens and the Jackie Gleason story in particular might be a tad suspicious, shall we say, but we'll go on with that consideration. With Shane and Gene and Tim, you're in the Pericast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Extendivite testimonials on Amazon are very informative. Here's just a few. Amazon customer, five stars. Honestly, this stuff works. Nick. Easy to take capsules. For those who can't handle the liquid drops, easy to take Extendivite capsules do the same job. Karoka Fam. Works great. Like Extendivite very much. Seems to work as advertised. Thanks. Arlene. Five stars. Love this product, Extendivite. Terry W. Five stars. Can't say enough. Great product. Freya. Five stars. I just ordered another. To get your Extendivite today, go to Extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E.com. Or call us at 1-877-928-8822. Extend your life with Extendivite.
to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Well, the story about Jackie Gleason is that his ex-wife supposedly relayed a lot of this information after he died. Doesn't mean it wasn't true, but certainly we did know that Gleason had this interest. In fact, he was a guest on occasion on the original Paranormal Talk Show host, Long John Nebel. And he was a really, really intelligent man. And we think about his great comedy and his ability as an actor. But he could also ask yep. probing, serious questions of guests that didn't satisfy his curiosity. Interesting. I'll have to go look at those. I never listened to that. Some of the Long John shows are actually on YouTube because I think the copyright has long since expired. Him and Nixon are just fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, I have to go back and listen to those. I'll look them up. Thanks for telling me. In, in a lot of your writings, um, I see that um, the the whole COVID thing, the whole COVID uh, uh, lockdown really seemed to make an impression on you uh, because you write quite a bit of it in in your second book, and then some of the articles that I've come across, uh, uh, you you talk about it quite a bit. Uh, did uh, is that is that true? I mean, you know, was was this a unique situation for you? That I mean, you saw it as a uh, uh, either a good opportunity to sit down and and write a lot, or were you bouncing, you know, against the walls, uh, uh, complaining against society? It was both. I uh, I was greatly dismayed at our government, at everyone. I, I, it was a fracture in my generation and in all generations. Seeing the world shut down was scary, you know. And my wife was pregnant with our second child at the very beginning of lockdown, so I was growing a little worried with the you know seeing the things our government were doing. And just shutting down my kids' school, you know, seeing my, my kids, their life just be taken away. They would, you know, they're sent home. Their school doesn't tell them anything. No one sees their friends anymore. My grandma is dying of leukemia and she lives with me. I'm taking her to the hospital every few days for her treatments. So I'm someone who's pretty reclusive my whole life. And I typically don't like going out in the world. However, when the lockdowns happened, I was kind of forced to be out in the world more than ever. I, whether it was taking care of my grandma, who was very sick, or if it was you know going out and doing stuff that I didn't want my wife to go out and do because she was so pregnant. Just the fear of the unknown of, you know, I, I remember very clearly I, I, where I was at the time in New York, we were out in the woods and it felt like we were being invaded by the government because all of a sudden in the night, white tents popped up in giant parking lots and big lights. And it was looked like they were, it looks like they were waiting to receive something from the sky. It was very ominous and the signs blinking, go home, stay home, save a life. So that was concerning because um, I immediately thought of what my grandfather told me, who was a police officer in Queens and in Manhattan in the 1970s, was, you know, it sounded like hell. He saw what he would say is a dead body every day. 
just from either depression or crime or a mixture of the two. So I had this like ominous feeling that our civilization was collapsing through fear, through government overreach. And so there was that. And also I was sent home from work and that was not a good feeling. You know, I'm, I'm a father of one child at a time and about to be a father of two. I, my jobs were closing down. I was afraid of how I was going to support my family. I had nothing really lined up. I was still teaching at that point, but teaching was coming to an end. I knew soon because I couldn't take being an adjunct much more with the low falutin salary as Gene put it, which is, you know, that's putting it nicely. So I was able to go home and kind of reevaluate. So I was able to find a bit of a blessing in COVID in terms of staying at home and reevaluating my life and working really hard to try to make something so I could save my family from being completely destitute because I'd been there before and we've, my wife and I had pretty much lived out of a car at a certain point. We were squatters at another point and I was afraid to go back to the streets more or less. And I couldn't let that happen especially not with my son seeing us, you know, I didn't want to see me fail. So I took advantage of my time at home as much as I was getting crazy watching the news and afraid for civilization. I was afraid for my students who were afraid of the world. And I was acting as a therapist for students who were emailing me constantly asking about like, if I had answers for them, which I, I didn't, but I tried to coach them through. And uh, so, yeah, it greatly affected me. And I found the best way to handle it is to write about it. And I did. So I, you know, and it, it found its way in that book a lot in terms because a lot of strange things were happening for people. There was a, a big you know, boom in UFO sightings and ghost hauntings during the lockdowns. And you could attribute that to people just being home more often, paying attention more. Who knows what? The skies were clearer. You know, industry was shutting down. People were seeing the Himalayan mountains for the first time in years with the human eye. So, yeah, it had a profound effect on me. And I, I think I'll be talking about it forever in the same way my grandfather talked to me about the 70s in, in New York City as a cop and getting shot at all the time. Where It's nothing really unique. Humanity is always facing horrors. I just, we all just happen to face our own horror these last few years. I just want to tell Shane, and you folks can find it on YouTube, there is a recording of Jackie Gleason talking to Long John Nebel in 1958 about a UFO incident and and Shane and Tim have the link. You can find it, everyone, if you just look for Jackie Gleason on Long John's show on YouTube. And it's right there. It's the only one I could find. Thank you. I get paid extra for that. Don't worry about it. (laughs) From Jackie Gleason's estate. Ah. Does he even have an estate anymore? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I think his UFO library is still around, probably, you know, uh, stashed away uh, someplace. But uh, yeah, they yeah, did. They sold his house for $12 million. Wow. Oh, who has it, though? <laughs> but it's nice to see that it's still there, though. Definitely. Yeah, you know, it hasn't been bulldozed away, you know, for a housing development. Yep. Yep. Thankfully. <laughs> it says here that Jackie Gleason was worth about $10 million. But remember now that would be about $50 million. Yeah, definitely. But going back to your, uh, uh, to your COVID writings, I mean, you know, I could, I could really 
uh, uh, you know, identify with a lot of the things that 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 you were writing about and and uh, and, and how you were able to uh, bring that in with um, you know just all kinds of diverse subjects. I appreciate that. It felt like a, a, a decent through line. I needed it. I needed to get it out of my system. And then when, and then this, this book series kind of coincided with my need to get it out. And I honestly, I didn't want to at first. I hesitated. I was like, I don't know if I should, but I kept seeing a type of paranoia uh, it, as a theme in my writing. I've kind of always been a little paranoid. I think it's maybe a byproduct of growing up next to a military academy, but and, and paranoia, I think, globally escalated during COVID, whether for various reasons, you know, government, fear of virus, you name it, whatever. Uh, so it felt like a match made in heaven because a lot of paranoia is tangible. If You know, people say a lot of things that might sound crazy, but I have this unfortunate problem of being able to connect a lot of this paranoia to things that the government has done in the past that's been like, you know, made public, very clear. I said Tuskegee earlier, you can go and then look at, you know, what what we did to Guatemala, which is a very similar thing with syphilis and or MK Ultra and who was created out of things like that. So knowing that that's possible, it's not easy for me to divorce that from the reality we're in today. We've got Shane and Tim and Gene. Lots more to come. You're in the podcast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Stock market have you nervous with massive fluctuations? With the impact of inflation and the upcoming midterm elections, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. But with Vantage Point, you won't have to guess. Text MONEY to 813813 to find out how you can forecast market trend changes with up to 87.4% proven accuracy. That's right, 87.4%. Text the word MONEY to 813813 and find the consistency and confidence you've been looking for in your trading. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. No more guessing when to get in or out of a trade. Text MONEY to 813813. We'll send you a link to our free live training. Protect your hard-earned capital with Vantage Point. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. By texting the word DEMO, you agree to the terms available at vantagepointsoftware.com slash terms and consent to receive calls and text using automated technology or pre-recorded voice about offers or info by or on behalf of Vantage Point. Your consent is not a condition of purchase and can be revoked at any time. Message and data rates may apply. Text MONEY to 813813. Hey Jimmy, turn off the video games. Let's go play some ball. 
love my game. Can't we go later? Come on, it'll be fun. It will be there when you get back. Okay. But there's no way you're gonna win. Why don't you grab some water and granola bars and then we'll see about that. You can make a difference. Eat smart, play hard. And when you do, your kids will too. A challenge from USDA. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, formerly Air Force Lieutenant Colonel, Air National Guard and Reservist. I'm looking for veterans, active duty military personnel to join the 90 for Life Crusade to save America. She needs your skills, courage, and loyalty more than ever. Contact GCNteam.com. Because of the financial and health care collapse, veterans are currently struggling finding jobs. Frustrated looking for a job? Change your tactics. Join the 90 for Life Crusade to save America. Start a health care business with FDI Longevity 90 for Life Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com immediately. We're looking for military specialists who can use a computer and communicate information and execute a battle plan. Join the admirals, Navy SEALs, Marines, pilots, Army officers, military police, sheriffs, police officers, firemen, and first responders already enrolled in the 90 for Life Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com now. FDI Longevity will help you apply your military skills to the task of saving America through health and financial programs. Contact GCNteam.com. Enlist in GCNteam.com and save America. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Ah, yes, MK Ultra, the MK Ultra word. For those who are always interested in conspiracies, what do you think MK Ultra was up to? I think it was early stages of mass mind control. I think a lot of interesting people were possibly born out of MK Ultra. So, you know, I always think of MK Ultra with Midnight Climax and basically the government more or less abducting people and drugging them and seeing what they can get away with with uh, mind control, people on drugs. And, you know, I read a great book. Maybe you guys read it, Tom O'Neill's book, uh, Chaos, about that kind of connects, you know, Ultra and, and Charles Manson. So I just see it as a way of getting to understand how to manipulate our brains. You know, it's psychological torture and it's brainwashing. I, and this is the paranoid, the paranoid side of my brain talking, but I think there's something tangible to it. I don't think they just stopped MK Ultra. After a while, I think they just rebranded like no, no different than they did UFOs to UAPs. Now it's something else. So maybe it, they call it Twitter and Facebook or something. But I think are under some type of mass hypnosis, whether we uh, like to believe it or not. And it sounds silly saying it out loud, but I talk to people in the real world who feel sometimes as if to me they might have been brainwashed, whether it's from the 24-7 news cycle or social media. I don't think those things are all bad. There's a lot of good to them. You know, we're connecting because of things like that. But I don't know if the cons outweigh the pros. 
I think our government is fascinated. And I think all governments are fascinated with learning how to, how to manipulate us, how to control us. And it certainly isn't unique to MKUltra. Uh, there's been many iterations, and I believe it's, it's without a doubt still going on. Again, we go back to UFO abductions. How much of that is really government efforts at mind control? Yep. Yep. I talked to a lady who her father was a victim of military abductions. And his story sounds a lot like alien abductions. You know, I think that's even, I think it's episode one or two of X-Files that does a, a My Lab as well. And that to me seems like the most tangible thing that's happening with alien abductions. Yeah, I want to believe in aliens. I want to believe in interdimensional beings. But when you know what our government's capable of, just through what's been declassified, then you know there's no like boundaries for them. They will do anything. And not, when I say they, I don't mean like you. what you were saying earlier, not the people, low-level people, maybe not even the president, but there are definitely groups within power that like to mess with us, whether it's on a small scale thing. And when I say small scale, I, I kind of make a joke, but I'm only half joking where I believe like uh, MK Ultra kind of evolved into these mind experiments on Facebook and Twitter that went viral where, you know, people are debating, is it a blue dress or is it a yellow dress, whatever that was, you know, and these are like widespread kind of experiments that seem silly and fun. But to me, looking back in retrospect, it's just... I see these memes that might be silly, but they're creating a division and a type of way to manipulate one's perception and ability to you know, respond to their surroundings. And, and people get angry about it. And that kind of evolved into, you know, through politics, through culture. That's what I see. To what end? I don't know. I know people in power like to keep people divided because if we're divided, you can't, we, we, we can't motivate to help change things for the better. And we're too busy hating on each other for all number of things. When in reality, you know, the big problem is the people who have a lot of money in government, a lot of power who think they can just mess with our lives. You know, the other thing I always talk about is our reality is so manufactured in terms of what the CIA and the FBI can do, has done and or is doing. I always think of, um, Operation Northwoods, you know, when the government went to, I believe, JFK and said, okay, we want to start a war with Cuba. How do we do that? Maybe we should, you know, harm our own citizens. Maybe we should cause a, a bomb, maybe we, all these horrible things. And okay, that's a horrible thing for a government to even be considering at all. You know, I recently heard a person on a podcast who was former CIA, supposedly former CIA, say in terms of Northwoods, oh, well, they just like to hear all types of ideas, even bad ones. I'm like, well, that's a really bad idea. That's not bad. That's like an evil idea. I don't know if we should be hearing evil ideas in our government, these people that who work for us, supposedly. When I say our reality is manufactured, it's hard for me to believe a lot of things the government says because we've caught them in so many lies throughout the ages. We know what they're capable of. You know, syphilis experiments, Northwoods, MK Ultra. We don't know what they're doing now. We talk about nuclear war a lot these days because of what's going on. People 
then mostly look back at the atom bomb with Hiroshima and Nagasaki and see like, wow, that is a horrible thing. Horrible thing. It's a horrible, horrible thing. But like MK Ultra, they didn't stop doing this stuff with the atom bomb that we knew of in the 40s. They just kept making crazier, scarier weapons. Just like MK Ultra, I'm sure they just kept going crazier and scarier. I don't know what they have in store for us now, but I know there's things out there that will blow our minds when it does come out. That's my paranoid. The paranoid side of my brain is always, you know, dancing with my somewhat whatever's left of my logical side of my brain, trying to make sense of all these things. You know, of course, it's very important on the part of politicians and others to appeal to the lizard brain within all humans, appeal mm-hmm. to their fear, create fear, create crises yeah. so they'll be afraid. Now, when you were talking, I was thinking about a movie from 1996 called The Long Kiss Goodnight. Didn't do super well at the box office, but I thought it was really, really good. Gina Davis plays a school teacher who actually suffered from amnesia and was really a former CIA spy. Samuel L. Jackson's in it. Anyway, film didn't do super well, but it's about the CIA trying to stage a terrorist act for the sole purpose of getting their budget increased. Doesn't matter if people die. No, and that should terrify everybody listening right now. We get so mired down with the day-to-day stuff. For, um, right now, I'm potty training a two-year-old, and that's my biggest concern. But like, I'm also <laughs> worried about these government structures that just freewheeling spend our money to do these ridiculous experiments. I understand we all have our daily lives, and if we all feel powerless to this insanity, like what are we going to do? What I choose to do is speak openly about it. I write about it. You know, and I try to make it hopefully relatable, which is, you know, Tim brought up the COVID, my writing about COVID. I'm hoping that that through line of the fear of COVID is a, a way to make these things more relatable. And then I can expand out from there by connecting that fear, paranoia, government overreach to bigger stories that have happened in the past or might be happening now. The Long Kiss Goodnight. Check it out. Yeah, I don't know if good. you have to pay for it or whether it's free somewhere. I'll look it up and let you know. We've got Shane Cashman. Tim Swartz and Gene Steinberg looking into conspiracies, inevitably conspiracy theories. The other one being, of course, let's just do the break here. You're in the podcast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. GCN's policy is open forum avoiding censorship. Defense costs for words spoken outside of our control supersede the ability to deliver voices to this important talk platform. The First Amendment is the foundation of our core values. Cancel culture is silencing voices regardless of perspective. Freedom to speak is in the balance. Support the legitimacy of speech itself. Consider donating to SaveGCN.com. That's SaveGCN.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. 
USA Radio News. I'm Tony Marissa reporting. Well, it looks like The Rock is staying clear of the Oval Office. Dwayne Johnson revealed the fate of his much-talked-about presidential bid, saying he's ultimately decided against it. It's off the table, Johnson told CBS Sunday Morning's Tracy Smith. Yes, it's off the table. Hillary Clinton, though, is dusting off her husband's playbook by criticizing the Biden administration's open borders to put herself in place to mount a 2024 presidential run, according to veteran political consultant Dick Morris. Morris, a former aide to President Bill Clinton, said Hillary is setting herself up to enter the race as a moderate choice for Democrat in two years. This would be her third shot at the White House. And Herschel Walker urged a woman to have a second abortion. She says the Georgia Senate candidate's ex-girlfriend says he wanted her to terminate a pregnancy in 2011. She chose to have their son instead. This is USA Radio News. Do you have the level of health and energy you desire? The Western world's oldest superfood supports energy, mood, elimination of cravings for junk foods or sweets, elimination of pain, detoxification, immunity, muscle building, fat loss, and even has anti-cancer properties. The oldest superfood is cold sterilized whey protein from grass-pastured cows. Unlike heat sterilized whey protein powder, cold sterilized is easy to digest and for most dairy intolerant people, they digest it fine. Green Meadow Whey is the only cold sterilized whey protein powder on the market. Green Meadow Whey is imbued with a life-giving energy that most people can feel in the form of improved energy and mood for six or more hours at a time. Unheated whey is nature's most powerful support for glutathione production, so essential to the health of every cell of your body. Let Green Meadow Whey erase your fatigue, fortify your immune system, support your detoxification, support your fat loss, and lean muscle development, and lift you to new levels of health. To learn more or order, go to bestwayprotein.net or call 888-988-3325. Do you need to get your hands on some extra money right now? Maybe 25000 or more? If you're a homeowner, now is a perfect time to get cash out while homes in many neighborhoods like yours have gone up in value. You can use the money for anything. It's yours. You can buy an investment property, pay off higher interest debt, or make home improvements. If you need 25000 50000 or more, now is the time. Home values are up, and so is your equity. We offer you a way to use it. No need to use your savings. Call New American Funding now and see how much cash out you can get. Call 800-721-2477. 800-721-2477. That's 800-721-2477. NMLS 6606. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is not an offer or commitment to lend. Subject to borrower and property qualifications. Not all borrowers will qualify. Terms and conditions apply. Equal housing opportunity. Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Getting back to conspiracy theories, and we're talking about that movie, and talking about what the government might be up to, about appealing to your lizard brain, and I kind of think private industry can get involved in this. And we have social networks spreading information and we assume well okay maybe it was russian disinformation 2016 maybe hostile governments are sending information through those social networks because their as they say their detector of false information is defective and they take advantage of it so this information gets through people read this stuff over and over again and because it's so readily available they fall into the trap into the rabbit hole of this small area of information 
leading them to believe that everything else is not true, and therefore they believe things that are total nonsense. And that gets to be pretty crazy because it really, it's one way that someone out there or a group of people could take over a country and the world simply by making people afraid of non-existent things. Yeah, well, it's like the Yuri Bezmenov uh, quotes from that great interview he did, the, the KGB defector, talking about how you know Russia could destabilize a country through just a few generations by manipulating their realities, by destroying language. And you know, I believe no government, no authority should be in charge of deciding what I'm reading. I am a strict, absolutist freedom of speech guy. I don't care what it is, unfortunately, even even stuff that makes me personally feel sick. I think people have a right to read it. And I believe that because if I have the right to hear these horrible things, then I know how to debate them better and hopefully destroy those ideas with better ideas. The government being the arbiter of what they say is truth should scare you because we define truth differently these days. We always have. Humans are constantly warring over definitions. That's all most war boils down to defining what's good and bad. So that, that bothers me. And what you said is a good point about basically if you know what people fear, they can control you. And the problem with people getting narrower and narrower information fed into them is that – and this goes for all political sides – they will eventually start hating a caricature. They no longer even recognize their so-called political enemy. They just see a caricature. And that's really dangerous because then you're, you're just hating this like imaginary boogeyman where if you just sit down with most people and you think you disagree on politics, you might disagree on a lot of different things uh, on policy-based levels, but we all just want what's best for our families for the future. And we'll disagree on ways to make that happen, but we're not the caricatures that most people see. Now, there's definitely people out there that are caricatures. They exist. But this constant news cycle of confirmation bias where people just hear the thing they want to hear and then they get to, that feeds their hate of the political enemy, that's super dangerous. And that's like that division thing we were talking about earlier where the more that happens, the easier it is for people to operate in the shadows of our government and do these ridiculous things that sound preposterous, but are without a doubt happening and have always been happening. So we got to find a way to get back to people talking, having good, solid conversations. It's okay to disagree. That's great. It's also okay to question everything all the time, anytime, even if you feel like a fool doing it. I think questioning everything is a necessary like you have to and people uh, you know these days seem afraid to question even because they'll be called out and one of that's one of the problems with social media i think there's a lot of good but one of the problems is if you say something that sounds like it goes against one narrative of the other you'll be ridiculed you'll get the uh, the modern stoning that happens on whatever platform you use you gotta be able to withstand that it's just bs it's just people saying horrible things. I've had my life threatened online for defending freedom of speech or, or investigating some of these stories, like the new book we got coming out uh, in, in about a month. Unfortunately, you got to have a thick skin with this stuff. I understand a lot of people can't, and you, you got to bow out. But I, for whatever reason, have a defect in my brain that makes me speak out and not afraid. And I just, all I want is conversation, whether it's about weird stuff conspiracy theories, your own fears, your, your politics, whatever it is, 
all it comes down to is having a good conversation so we could hopefully walk away and not see a caricature, but see an actual human being. Now, when we talk about the online world, what I've seen, I've been online since the 1980s with the text-based systems before AOL. I was on AOL. I actually worked for AOL for a number of years. And the thing I've noticed here is you have these groups of people who I guess they have no lives. They have no lives, whatever. And they get together and gang up on other people. And I've seen this happen to me over the years when I went through some various difficulties financially. We had these haters who said, that's not right. We'll go after that person because he's vulnerable. Mm -hmm. But the one thing they did, actually they did two things, but the one thing they did that had the worst effect, they found out where I was living and they harassed the leasing office about me and I lost my lease. Wow. Unfortunately, these people were separate people in different parts of the country. And to go after them legally would have been impossible. I'd have to get like the FBI involved because it crossed state lines and nothing would ever get done. But I understand here that I'm not the only person out there who is singled out. There are people who have it much worse. There are people who decide to go for public office. They get elected, and hopefully it's for good intentions, not just to gain power, and they have to hire bodyguards. Yep. So where I work is, you know, we're a part of Tim Cast Media that's owned by Tim Pool. He has his own political show that we're affiliated with, and he's been under intense scrutiny. He's been swatted multiple times. I think it's a dozen times now where we've been at the studio, and he'll be recording live, and police show up because they got a phone call saying, there's an active shooting happening and then they have to go report on it. And I think the first time it happened earlier this year, you see police run basically going into his studio expecting the worst. And it's because people don't like him because he is, he questions things. He talks to people. And those are things I think are very important. You, it's fine to disagree with somebody. It's another thing to threaten them because <laughs> swatting is basically death by cop. That's what you want. You know, someone just went to jail for 30 years for swatting someone because they basically want you to, they want the police to run in on the person and they want the person to be so caught off guard and that they have a gun to shoot back or fight back in any way and then die. Uh, so that's terrifying. And I, what I found though, is that the people who are really truly you know, heinous and they're mean and they wish you harm, they're mostly just projecting and they hate themselves. That tends to be the case most of the time. The other thing I've noticed, and this has been happening a lot in the last few years, is that I think a lot of the so-called people, I'm doing air quotes right now, I think this, like the wave of hate has evolved into bots. And I think a lot of the people, especially on Twitter, are not even real. I think they're just bots that say the same thing in little different ways, and they attack a certain idea that might be trending. And I, I noticed this years ago when it was like, Katy Perry on Twitter released some new single and I was reading the comments and it was just the same thing in different languages and the, like a word here, there would change. And I was like, well, that's weird. And I started looking for that and it was happening a lot and mostly on like larger platforms where there would be like a, almost like leeches barnacles on the bottom of a ship, just hanging on to all these tweets and it, they were very clearly bots. The accounts were just created. They had almost no followers there was no real personality to the page, and they were all saying more or less the same thing. So I, I think that's where we're at now is where 
that online hate that happened in the 90s, which obviously happened, you experienced it. I've experienced it. I know the people who threatened my life. Now it's like bots are just doing the bots are like the avatars for whoever's, you know, wants to do harm on people or just make them feel bad because I think what their goal is to kick them offline. I'm going to ask you about the bots in a moment with no buts or ifs and ands. Okay, by the way, Shane will stay with us for the After the Paracast podcast part of the Paracast Plus. Check the Paracast.plus for more information. Shane Cashman, Gene Steinberg, Tim Swartz. Oh, getting into conspiracies here. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. If you're like most Americans, you're pretty much in disbelief with what's going on in the world. As we all know, global problems are having local consequences. Too many of them. And if the peanut butter really hits the fan, are you ready? Grocery store supply chains are only as strong as their weakest link. Don't wait for them to break. Now's the time to secure emergency food for everyone in your family. My Patriot Supply is America's largest preparedness company. Our specially packaged and delicious food stays fresh for up to 25 years in storage. It'll be there when you need it. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and pick up several emergency food kits. There are a dozen different sizes that average over 2,000 calories per day. Our food kits will ship quickly and discreetly to your door. Having food storage in your home beats government food lines hands down. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today and prepare for what's coming. MyPatriotSupply.com Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. 
Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system. And it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit shopsupertea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is shopsupertea.com or call us at 818-984-6100 Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100. Shopsupertea.com. Hi, this is James Fox. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. When you talk about bots, Shane, are we talking about a spontaneous development in the software that creates this or the physical activity of certain people to generate fake personas? Well, the first one, <laughs> who knows? I'd like to think that's, that, that it may be a possibility, but I'm thinking that these are things that have been born out of algorithms and someone's basement or on some bot farm or whatever that you know people can create. And they kind of go after some things that are trending, things that are specific words, perhaps, or after specific individuals who might be in the news more often. Do you know what the dead internet, dead internet theory? That's one of my favorites. Is that most of the people we interact with online today are are just bots, and that the internet is actually dead, and we're just taking part in some type of activity on a wasteland. That's kind of how I view the internet. I think a lot of the people who who drum up a lot of hate are bots. And the people who you might come up against who are real and might hate you for whatever reason, they might have been informed by bots. You know, I think a lot – I've read articles that are I think are just written by AI. I mean, we've seen art created by AI. They're definitely writing articles. You can, you can read these things that if they're, not, if they're written by people, those people should be checked out. There are infinite amount of articles, tweets – Facebook posts that I think are the creations of bots, and I think they're just working off of the algorithm to create something that might look human, but they're not human. They're, I think one intent is to sow discord, and whether it's – you know what? Honestly, it's not always discord. It's sometimes it's to make someone look bigger than they are. So I was going to get into uh, you know, the dead internet theory and Elon Musk's purchasing of Twitter – and one of the things that I think was a problem, uh, you know, in April when the first news of this broke was Twitter's ads might not have been based on real data. And what people were saying is that a lot of those ads, you know, Twitter was saying, oh, we get, you know, this amount of clicks on our ads, which makes, you know, Twitter worth more. However, what was coming out was the fact that maybe a lot of those clicks, maybe a majority of those clicks were bots. So it's just manipulated, you know, reality once again, but in terms of ad revenue. So it's 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 maybe not in that case to sow discord, but it's to create a false reality, to make a pop star look bigger than they are, to make something trending that's not really trending. Um, but you know, the bots I see 
if I post something about something that happens to be in the news today, if you say a buzzword, if you say Ukraine, if you say Russia, if you say nuclear, I, I feel like I'm getting hit up by bots. And I, I, it happens on Instagram too, where I'll, and I'll call them out. Sometimes they're a real person, and I think they've just been informed by bots. And I think they maybe are just reading things that are going viral, or they're reading comments, and they're feeling the hatred of these very simplistic written uh, articles or tweets by bots, and they've been manipulated. And I'm like, hey, you know, if you're a real person, we could talk about this because I, I don't know why I have the time to do it. I should be doing other things, but I, I'm going to save the world by trying to de-radicalize someone who's been radicalized by a bot. Who knows? Maybe I'm doing something good. It's a good thing to do, but the success rate may not be that high. There are some other no. bots I've encountered, and one is the commercial bot. The commercial bot is something or someone who says, oh, don't listen to the Paracast because they have five minutes of content and five minutes of ads. Now, this mm. is a radio show presented on a real network, syndicated by a real network in the USA. So there are commercials. Okay, a fair number of them, but not yep. half and half. It's like TVs. A TV show, for example, has 42 to 43 minutes of material during a one-hour period. That's like 26% ad, something like that. That's what we are. We also offer an ad-free version for a subscription fee. So you get yep. these bots or these people who post reviews of the Paracast on YouTube or iTunes. They say it's half commercials, half content, can listen to it, which is not true, of course, as I've just <laughs> explained. You respond mm -hmm. to it, and then someone else gives you the same argument as if they're totally unaware of it. Yep. The, the beauty of the bots, and when I say beauty, I mean, now we're looking at the, from the point of view of the bots and the people who create this crap, they, they know that most people aren't going to do their due diligence to undo whatever the bots are saying. You know, they're not, a lot of people see headlines and that's enough. A lot of people don't read the whole article. A lot of people just see the tweet that is trending. A lot of people see the first 10 comments and that's enough for them, unfortunately. But I understand because we're all very busy. The world is crazy. A lot of things are happening all at once. We have our lives, we have our bills, we have our family. So I get it. But the bots take advantage of that and they know we don't have the time. So they'll say things repeatedly, almost like a mantra to get it in our heads. And then it, and then it becomes reality because we don't have the time to unfortunately investigate it, but we got it. We got to go out and say it as much as we can to hopefully counteract this, this stuff because it's, it's prevalent. Give you another bot. It's called the gene has a gambling problem bot. What that <laughs> so means, I'll tell you what that means on my son's Facebook page. He had a photo of me and him and one of his friends in a silly pose taken outside, outside of a casino. Okay? Taken outside of a casino. Now, <laughs> because there's a photo online of me taken outside of a casino, that proves I have a gambling problem. Pause. Oh. Yep. Think about that. Yep. How many people... How many people would be standing, say, at a Las Vegas hotel or anywhere with a casino environment, standing outside, not doing anything, minding their business, how many of them have gambling problems? Wouldn't you actually have to enter the casino and actually 
use one of the machines or play one of the games. Even then, what percentage of those people have gambling problems? Of course, in this case, the reality was completely wacky because the maximum amount of money I've ever taken into a casino is $20. And I've been to casinos maybe 10 or 12 times in my long, long, long life because I don't care. (laughs) But I have a gambling problem looking up. See, what your problem is, is you're applying logic. And these people or bots don't use logic. They, They do anything. See, like... You could explain that, and then a bot or a person who thinks like a bot or just any other Neanderthal will be like, well, he's a gambler on his phone. He's got apps. He's got credit cards. He doesn't need to go. They'll they'll create any reality they need to try to prove their point to slander you. This happens all the time. It happens to individuals like us. It happens to people in politics. The news is – the corporate media is the most guilty of it. They'll take anything out of context, turn it around – and then build that as the reality to cause hatred, confusion, whatever. Happens all the time. It's been happening forever. I mean, that's how people manipulate our reality. Right. And the problem here is the journeyman journalist, and I've known them, I am one of them because I have a traditional broadcast background. They're dedicated to promoting the truth. They want to find the truth and they'll report it. The problem here isn't always deliberate. The editors have a given amount of time, especially in broadcast medium. They don't have the time to exactly. really thoroughly explore a story. So they look for a couple of key points. And yeah. those key points may or may not advance an agenda. The corporation doesn't care. The corporation, and we're going to mention names. No, we're not going to mention names. The corporation <laughs> wants to make money. They yeah, sell ads to make example. money. And even if, yeah. let's say, 90% of the content on a particular network is perfectly normal, accurate, there's going to be 10% that's designed to get the eyeballs watching yeah, because they is. want you to see the ads, they want you to buy the products, they want to get their ratings, and they want to make money. And that has yep. nothing yep. to do with facts. Unfortunately, yep. there's nothing you can do about it. And I can name any particular network with any political persuasion or non-political persuasion. Sometimes it's just the nature of the business. No bad intentions. We just got to make a living. Sometimes it is deliberately slanted in a certain way. Again, I don't want to get into politics. That's why I'm not naming names. Let's ignore the politics. Let's ignore the limitation. Problem Mm -hmm. is the limitation of media in general is that Large corporations dominate. The small town newspaper, yep. the small town radio station, the ones I worked for for many years, they do not exist anymore in large quantity. Big corporations buy them up and they want them to all be the same because they want to basically bring whatever their brand is to a particular community. You'll find, for example, some communities have 10 stations with different formats owned by the same company. We're on an independent network, by the way, GCN. It's not one of those large corporations. That's the way to go. More to come with Gene and Shane and Tim. You're in the Paragast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. 
a former U.S. military intelligence officer, is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. I need a copy of my tax return. How do I get one? If you don't have a copy of your original tax return, you can get a transcript of your tax return for free from the IRS. A transcript shows most line items from your return, which is usually all you need. You can order a transcript of any return filed within the past three years, including Forms 1040, 1040A, and 1040EZ. All you need to do is go to irs.gov slash transcript to order your transcript today. Hi, I'm your host, Smokey Cole Bear. Filling in for Smokey, because after 75 years of... Only you can prevent wildfires. Turns out there's much more to say. Nearly 90% of wildfires are caused by us humans being careless. Dumping our used barbecue coals willy-nilly. Guess the song was wrong. We did start the fire. That's why I respect Mother Nature and her trees, whether coniferous or new car scented. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Since we're talking about conspiracies here, and we're talking about mind control, about using social networks or media outlets to generate specific points of view, I went back to this again. What percentage of UFO cases are really government projects of some sort? And then if you have these things happen and people see different things, you could take something which is not really that distinctive and make it into something really weird with a little bit of manipulation. Yep. Yeah, they do that all the time. Like, well, look at Roswell. I mean, everyone knows that. And just and what they were saying about that in the immediate aftermath. And, I just, and this is a good, actually, segue from talking about the newspapers and talking about how, how the manipulation can happen. You know, when Roswell happened, it was UFO crashed, right? And then a few days later, it was, you know, uh, I forget what they said it was at that point, but like a some type of military device or weather barometer thing. This is, of yeah. course, July of 1947. And there's a story that goes out the wire. Flying disc recovered. It doesn't say it's damaged. Yeah. It doesn't say it crashed. Flying disc. Right. And then not many hours later... You see the story and a photograph of somebody with the supposed wreckage of a balloon. It was just a balloon, folks. Now to get things even more interesting, that story disappeared for 31, 32 years. Disappeared. Then one day somebody who remembered it talked to a guy named Stanton Friedman, the late Stanton Friedman UFO investigator. And from that, 
the story went on and built, William Moore and Charles Berlitz wrote the book on Roswell. And Stan Friedman got a small role in writing that book, although he claimed at the time to have done a lot of the research. That created the Roswell mystery. Then to make matters even more interesting, in the 1980s, someone, and we kind of think we know who, Richard Doty, William Moore, a few people like that, and they can't sue me. You know, this has been mentioned before. If they want to sue me, fine, because I could use some publicity. (laughs) Okay, they created documents about an alleged top-secret group within the government where they were monitoring the investigation of Roswell and other cases, MJ-12. And to make matters more interesting, the membership of MJ-12 included the usual suspects in intelligence, except for one guy, Donald Menzel. Who was Donald Menzel? The late Harvard astronomer was a major skeptic of UFO reality, made many public appearances on it, also wrote books on the subject. He also was an intelligence agent in World War II, but nothing to do with anything extraterrestrial or atmospheric or astronomy in general. But they used that by putting his name in there in a document about alleged group about UFO investigations. I thought that was an inside joke. Look at that. We got this guy in there. It makes it more interesting. An inside (laughs) joke. But that right there shows to me that Roswell was not... It may have started out to be the crash of something strange, but a lot of intelligence stuff is going on around the scenes about that. Yeah, and when they give us like what they say happens, their official account of what happens, the government, that is, it's like, well, that that's changed. I think, was it in the 80s or 90s that said it was actually part of another type of balloon mission thing that they were creating? I forget the name of it now. So it's like, how do we believe that then? They're always changing it. Well, with Roswell... Officially, they say it's a Project Mogul balloon, at least one of the official explanations. But when researchers go back to the scheduling of Project Mogul, they say, well, it wasn't Mogul balloon. It wasn't supposed to have flown that day. That doesn't mean it didn't. That doesn't mean there wasn't some kind of test aircraft that crashed on that time. That doesn't mean somebody else's test aircraft from another country crash then and they wanted to keep it a secret but the problem here is with roswell is that it took over 30 years for people to talk about it to outsiders and they had 30 years of culture and memories to distort the original event yep yep i uh it's funny in my my new book that we just finished that's it's currently serialized uh on timcast.com but the book will be out later this month I share a letter I wrote to Jimmy Carter that went unanswered, but it was my appeal to him to release, help release some documents, declassify UFO documents, because I'm tired of the behind the door hearings. I hate the lack of transparency. I hate the, you know, this, oh, it's for, you know, your safety. You've been saying it's for our, it's been for our safety for decades. I think it's time to release whatever it is you have. And I wrote it to Carter in particular because I'm sure you guys know, you know, he claimed to have seen a UFO in Georgia, which is where my new book takes place. And, you know, he, he said it changed him forever. And, and then he promised on the campaign trail to release documents when he got elected, uh, should he be elected president. And because he pretty much turned around immediately and said, well, for national security, I can't do that. So I'm like, all right. Um, we got to we got to see some things. I don't believe a lot of 
you know, what they've been releasing, the slow drip of information that we've seen in either the New York Times or from the congressional hearings, it's not enough. It's it's really just centralized around the military uh, bases. And I think it's time to kind of hear what they have to say about it. You know, the thing that the thing that's most striking to me and whether or not we believe it or not, but it is a phrase from the New York Times article from, oh, what is that, 2016, maybe, maybe 17, about, you know, vehicles retrieved not of this earth. That's a phrase in one of the New York Times' articles about these UFOs, UAPs, whatever you want to call them. That phrase is astonishing. Like, what does that mean? So I'm like, in the book, I'm like, Carter, let's do this. If you want to help bring some solidarity amongst the people, let's start talking about aliens because – you know, one of the things I talk about in the book that I sent you guys, it's, it's astonishing to me how little people seem to care when these stories were released or the congressional hearings were, were made public. I'm like, we got to talk as a, as a civilization about these things. Maybe the, what I basically come back to in my own logic is that they don't want to talk about it because it's them. It's them doing it. There, there are probably no aliens that they're dealing with, and it's just them screwing with us. Well, certainly the craft that's described... If it wasn't for the maneuverability and speeds, you think it was a drone, a test aircraft. Once you add those X factors in, it becomes something more. But this doesn't mean there isn't an off-world origin for some UFOs. And one of the instigators of the current UAP interest, the late Senator Harry Reid, who got $22 million with a couple of his people in Congress helping for UAP investigation back in the early 2000s, evidently believe that at least some of these craft did have off-world origins. That $22 million went to a private company called NIDS, run by a hotel magnate name of Robert Bigelow. Mm. That's where a lot of it entered. And in the meantime, this is, of course, the inside story I always present because it was revealed to us on an episode of the Paracast by somebody who used to work with NIDS, and that is that of the $22 million that Bigelow received, some of it went to MUFON to do investigations. So MUFON advocating for the end of government secrecy for UFO reality was offered and received government funds to do some of its work. The irony yeah. of that, to make things even screwier, and we can open up new conspiracies, one of the things in the UAP related laws passed by Congress is a phrase, human effects, that people see things and it, the phenomenon follows them, a hitchhiker effect, in which case they see the UFO, and a lot of people do see UFOs, although I would agree that there are government craft involved in some of the cases, but they see UFOs and suddenly they start experiencing weird things at home, poltergeist phenomena, things like that. It's like they got the UFO or UAP disease. And that's mm -hmm. just downright screwy. But that yeah. is in the law that was passed by Congress where among the things they investigate are human effects. That book, by the way, we've been talking about is Tales from the Inverted World. It's not the Upside Down, folks, okay? With Shane, Gene, and Tim, you're in. Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's 
legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on this special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R O C K O I D S.com. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why we now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. I'm about to give you a life-changing URL that if you will simply visit it and give these tax consultants a call, it will change your life. Whether you're a blue-collar worker or whether you're a school teacher or whether you're a scientist or whether you're a millionaire, almost no one out there is taking advantage of legal, lawful tax loopholes. Go to GCNTaxCut.com. It takes you right to American Tax Solutions, and they will give you an amazing preview of what they can do for you. GCNTaxCut.com. GCNTaxCut.com. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. We'd like to hear from you. 
If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Shane Cashman, I have to tell you, every time I see the word inverted world, I think of the upside down. Partly because of the multiverse concept. Yeah. To me, the inverted world, we created that name basically out of a conversation I had with the guy I worked for, Tim, about how, you know, what people see the world differently, clearly. And I was talking about basically, you know, what I was talking about earlier about how COVID really changed the way I see a lot of things. And then he was talking about, and this is way different, he's a skateboarder. He was talking about sitting down at a, I think a restaurant, and I think he was in Chicago, and he saw these black marks that were on the side of a building. And there were these like long, arching black marks. They, they, maybe they were graffiti, whatever, but he was like, I know exactly what those are. That's from the thing, like a certain trick that skateboarders might do, riding over and over and over again on this wall, like a, performing a trick. And it's a leftover from the wheels and the grinding of the, of the skateboard. So him and I were thinking of that, thinking about how we see the world, how everything looks so different to different people. You know, the, not, the inverted world was kind of born out of that conversation. As our listeners know, my wife and I hold totally polar opposite political beliefs. So that That's can healthy. be fun sometimes. It's healthy, but can also be kind of strange. <laughs> Look, I grew up with parents who had very different political beliefs, and this is probably why I have such an affinity for having hard conversations with people, because I got to grow up hearing them have hard conversations about religion, politics, culture, everything. And like, I'm very grateful for that, because I know a lot of people who grow up in whatever bubble they might be in, and they've never been exposed to anyone pushing back on their point of view. And, you know, what I used to tell my students and what I tell my kids and I tell everybody, your immune system of your ideas will just collapse if you're never presented with a question for things you hold deeply, ideals, beliefs, whatever. You have to put your ideas out there if you truly believe in them, politically, culturally, religiously, whatever. You need to confront things that will question it. So you can either, you know, learn how to defend your ideas better or change them in a way that you don't have to like convert your ideas, but maybe change them in a way where you can debate better or see things differently. Have empathy for people. I think it's a good thing, but it can, I'm sure, be quite crazy having those conversations, especially in the climate we live in today. You were talking uh, earlier about the Internet full of bots. And what you just said, I mean, that's what a bot's job is to do. It's to put up a challenge to a person's deeply held beliefs just because, you know, the person who programmed that bot knows that most of the time that is going to get a violent reaction. Yeah. And then that violent reaction spreads. Yes. And people need to learn to not give in to that initial hateful response that you want to give. You got to sit with it for a second, few minutes, or not respond at all. But I'm a masochist, and I like to respond, but not in a hateful way. And first of all, there's a limitation typically to the bot's uh, ability to debate. You'll no- you notice Im- almost immediately that they'll have like they'll be pulling from an, a very narrow algorithm 
of words and ideas. And like eventually like, okay, this is definitely not going anywhere. Cause they're just hitting me with like, you know, grade level one Oh one stuff. So hopefully you just, you can reject that or walk away from that, but maybe you did learn something and hopefully making a better response. But this is where the whole idea of like the people talk about NPCs, these non-playable characters, you know, from like video games that have now basically, you know, uh, they're populating the real world. And that's kind of what I mean when I talk about people who are brainwashed or functioning off of the logic of a bot that they might've read online somewhere. But yeah, that, that is a good thing of the bots where if you can use them as a tool to help you understand your ideas better and also learn to not just get angry immediately when someone pushes back at you, then the bot's losing and you're also make, using the bot to make you stronger, a better actual human being on actual planet Earth. Uh, at least as far as I know, this is where we are. I don't know. Maybe we're trapped in a in some brain in a vat of formaldehyde or in a metaverse. I, I honestly don't know yet, but I'd like to say that for now I'm in the real world fighting against an army of bots. Whatever the real world is. And the question is, is this really Skynet? <laughs> yeah, we, it might be. It might be. It feels like that. I'm getting to be quite a Luddite. I'm about to start just blowing up all technology. I actually, my wife and I have never owned a television and I don't think we'll ever own a television. You know, yeah, we have a phone. We have, okay, we have these, these smartphones. We have, I don't know. That's about it. That's <laughs> about the, we have a, and a car, but I am a Luddite. I, I see a lot of really good things with technology clearly in terms of the medicine, in terms of, you know, connecting people, sharing ideas. Technology can be a great way to give the blue collar people, low income people access to things that they wouldn't have had access to before. Also, it gives them access to trying to circumvent the government. And that's all really good things. However, it also becomes an addiction. It also becomes this like fear factory of memes and gifts and viral videos and clickbait that turns into uh, this divisive nature that we're in right now. So I'm constantly balancing those good and bad things. And I really, I love being able to use the internet. I love being able to share stories and learn things, research, connect with people all over the world. But there's a lot of bad that goes with it. But that's going to be like that with anything forever, as long as humans are progressing. Depending on how recent your car is, it is a very powerful <laughs> computer. It has... Yeah, it is a digital readout display. Like in the old days, you had a problem with your car. The mechanic would listen to the engine and he'd listen to the carburetor. They don't have carburetors anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, it shows you how old I am. And he'd listen to all these <laughs> things and he'd decide what's wrong with it. Oh, that spark plug is missing. Now he takes his computer, plugs it into the jack on your car and he gets a complete readout. But that readout can also include your personal driving experience, where you've been, what do you do? For example, insurance companies. Insurance companies will promise to lower your rate if you either let them hook up their proprietary computer or use your smartphone to connect to your car or to infer from your driving habits and where you've been with the GPS as to what rate you deserve. I had that happen with one company. And that one particular company they tell me, okay, you're saving $300 over the year because you're a pretty safe driver. I thought, ah, that's going to be, what, 20-something dollars a month. And then the rate went up. Don't ask me to explain that. 
you know, they're pulling a game. I'll tell you, okay, this is the company that falsely advertises in a misleading way. You can have the policy your way, choose what options you want. Now, it happens that every auto insurance company lets you buy a policy based on the extent of coverage. Each coverage has different amounts, like how much bodily injury damage they'll cover, that kind of thing, or what deductible. They all have the same thing, but one company says, this is special. It's also misleading and fraudulent. There it goes. Let them sue me. We've got more to come with Shane. More to come with Shane and Gene and Tim. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. USA Radio News. I'm Tony Marusa reporting. Ukrainian authorities are just beginning to sift through the wreckage of the devastated city of Lyman in eastern Ukraine as they assess the humanitarian toll and the possibility of war crimes from a months-long Russian occupation. When Michael Franken won the Democratic nomination for the Senate in June, many in Iowa's disillusioned party thought they landed on a candidate who could maybe possibly reverse their humbling slide in the state. He's been wounded by allegations that the Democrat kissed a former campaign aide without permission. Franken's campaign has denied the claim. Abortions can take place again in Arizona, at least for now, after an appeals court on Friday blocked enforcement of a pre-statehood law that almost entirely criminalized the procedure. The three-judge panel of the Arizona Court of Appeals agreed with Planned Parenthood that the judge should not have lifted the decades-old order that prevented the older law from being imposed. This is USA Radio News. Americans have the most colorful language in the world, and that vibrant language is our basis for thinking in big ways, new ways, efficient ways, and better ways. Americans have freedom of speech. The pairing of our colorful language and freedom of speech has made us the people and the nation that we are today. Imagine what it would be like not having the freedom to speak our minds, communicate our thoughts and ideas, and hear those from others. Americans have a passion for and yearn for the truth. There are those who want to destroy our freedom and right to hear the truth. The truth is under attack. GCN is under attack. I'm asking our fellow broadcasters and you to rise up and help us defend our right to free speech. Would you like to join us? Please consider visiting SaveGCN.com. Please help us bring you the truth 24 hours per day. I'm Vincent Finelli.
You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork. You know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-507-3137. 800-507-3137. 800-507-3137. That's 800-507-3137. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. It's funny what you're saying about uh, bringing your car to the mechanic and having it hooked up to a computer is honestly how it felt the past few years going to a doctor. Like I just sit in the room, they come in with a, with a computer, they look at the computer screen, they ask me a bunch of questions I really don't have answers to because I, I don't know a lot of my family back. I knew my grandparents, but beyond that, my family fled Russia and Poland and uh, like early 1900s they didn't come here with documents or really much of anything so i don't have like a lot of information for the doctor to tell its computer except for like two you know by two grandparents and then they they hardly look at me and then they print out this form and they're like well here you here you go i'm like well you didn't even look at me really like i'm not even here like what's the point blows my mind this is why i'm telling my wife half joking we're about to be amish like i'm about to get a horse and buggy i'm about to move deeper into the country I had enough with everything. I don't know. I love a lot about modernity, but a lot of it also scares me. And I don't want to be that person who's always talking crap on, oh, you know, the world these days, because there's so much I love about the world, especially in terms of technology. I can listen to any album I want from almost any decade at any moment that I want. That's amazing. But, you know, there's so many things. I see kids. I see kids losing their lives by just, like, I don't mean literally. I mean, they just stay inside and stare at their screen all the time. What I see when I see that is the death of a kid's imagination. That might not always be the case because maybe some of those kids will learn to have an amazing imagination and it's born through their phone. Uh, uh, As a Luddite, I tend to think imagination, the best kind, is born out of this organic world that we live in. I fear the metaverse. I don't really think it's a good idea for people to live inside the metaverse forever. But we're kind of already there. I see people buying wives from Russia. I see people getting their groceries delivered to them. They never leave their couch. And they're probably the people who are reading you know, articles written by bots and saying that Gene's a bad gambler. I'd love to have all those $20 bills turn into $20,000, but I'm not going to take a chance because the house always wins. But, you know, you get to things like that there where computers dominate our lives and we believe what we see on the screen 
and we don't go out anymore and we don't get the exercise. We go back to medicine and you mentioned going to the doctor and they're not really examining you. They're simply answering questions on their computer. Now, the one I go to, our family doctor, he physically feels around the various organs of your body and he checks out things and he tries to infer whether you have a condition. I'm going to take a test tomorrow because of something he found. Hopefully nothing serious, but the point is here, he Mm. wants to test. But then again, he probably gets a commission to refer me to the testing laboratory. I'm sure he does. So it's a matter of more income. So even if the test turns out okay, he just made a, a little bit of extra money. He would listen to my heart with yeah. his stethoscope. And he didn't just listen to my back or my chest. He moved it around to listen to the heartbeat to make sure it was okay because I've had little irregular heartbeat issues, which are thankfully under control mostly now. But he listened very carefully. He spent mm-hmm. the time with us to talk to us, not just play with his computer. And that yeah. might be the exception. We have, for example, telemedicine, where you have a checkup with the doctor and you talk to them for Skype or Zoom or something. How is a doctor physically going to look at you, not on the screen at, you know, 720p or 1080, whatever it is, see you in person, able to feel around and see if there's evidence of a problem? How can you be medically examined? I understand there's situations where that has to be done. Maybe you can't get the appointment, so at least they can talk to you. And if they are good at what they do, get an indication as to whether they need to see you in person. Hopefully that's the value of telemedicine. Otherwise, it makes no sense. When I was a kid, when we needed a doctor, the doctor came to my house in Brooklyn, New York. This is back in the 1950s. He came to my house to examine me. Then at certain points of time, we realized we had to go to the office. Okay, and I realize if you're in decent physical condition, that's fine. If you're not having a home visit, is the better thing. And I understand there's now a movement in that direction. Oh, by the way, as far as ordering groceries online, when I was recovering from surgery, the surgery back on August 1st of this year, for a few weeks, we did have to order our groceries online. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying is like, there's pros to it. Like when you actually can use it, and it's like, wow, what a benefit. But then there's people who take it and it's their default way to live I'm like, well, maybe that's not a bad idea because I, I try to take advantage of every time I go outside. I love taking walks. I take my children for walks. And every time it's like this can be a chance to learn something, love something, and be inspired by something, talk to some stranger. You know, like I know I, I was told not to talk to strangers as a kid. I've kind of built a career on it. I love talking to people, learning their weird stories, hearing things, you know, and that helps me. I want to get back to the telemed stuff really quick, but I just have to say, you, you keep saying you live in Brooklyn. I actually lived in Brooklyn for a few years. I lived in Borough Park for like four years. I loved it. It was crazy. Fun times. My late father lived in Borough Park in the final years of his life. I don't know what it looks like now. This is many years ago, but it was really just a nice neighborhood. I mean, I don't know. When I left, it was 2016, and I'm not sure what it looked like, but it, it was pretty unchanged because the place we lived in my wife's grandfather had lived in for 50 years and he said it hadn't changed much but it was really nice it was right on fort hamilton 50th street a lot of brick and it was a nice it was a really nice community but uh going back to telemed then this is kind of connecting to my whole the issues i had with 
lockdowns, I was talking to a doctor, a friend of ours recently, and she was telling me how she lost, like lost 12 patients. They died because they were forced to do telemed. These, some of these patients were putting uh, like filters on their facial features to make their complexion look different. So they were hiding things, whether it be illness or drug addiction. And these people were kill- like, basically some of them were, were kind of slowly killing themselves with drugs or were ill and hiding it or just didn't know. And that disconnect through the telemed service wasn't allowing the doctor to really give a true reading on their problem or to be like, Hey, you're on, you know, whatever, you know, fentanyl or, or heroin. So this has got to stop. We got to get your help. That terrifies me. But also, again, like the groceries, it's not all bad. It can be really good to have a telemed and you can get some quick help, guidance, advice, maybe a prescription. But um, that really scares me on how many people she literally saw die because they were told they can't see each other in person. It, that really breaks my heart. Now, I understand, I won't get into the argument on this, during the height of the pandemic, the shutdown probably made sense for a brief period of time, and then you gradually open up. And there's nothing we can do about that, and I don't want to argue the point of the pandemic. But I agree with you that the reliance on electronics and computers and the internet is just, just too dangerous sometimes. Of course, you know, look back who created the internet. You say, in a joking way, Al Gore? <laughs> well, that, you, know, you know what I mean. Of course, that, that's not, not something he ever implied. But, you know, it, it was created as a government project. Yep. As probably, uh, secretly, some mind control. Because that's what it is. It's, a be- it's beautiful, though. Like, it's, it's actually beautiful. I can, it's time travel. It's, I can go to any concert, you know, in the last few decades, I can go watch, you know, things that happened before I was born. I can go look at a painting that's hanging in Spain. I can talk to people from, you know, Bangladesh. It's amazing. I just, I don't know yet if it, if the pros outweigh the cons, because I, I do see it as a instrument of like the de-evolution of humanity. One more segment with Shane, and then he'll pick up on after the Powercast. Gene and Tim, you're in the Powercast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out the Paracast.plus 
to learn more about Paracast Plus. What is the ultimate survival food? If you are a prepper, then you know that the most important storage food is protein. Not just any protein, but a complete protein that supplies all 20 amino acids in their renatured and usable state. Renatured protein will be broken down into the 20 amino acids. These 20 amino acids will support muscle tissue repair, immunity, and the repair and proper functioning of every organ and tissue of your body. Carbohydrates and fats cannot do that. Stored pre-made meals, while convenient, are also already cooked and therefore denatured. The Max Planck Institute states that 50% of the amino acids making up a protein cooked to normal cooking temperatures are destroyed and therefore toxic to the liver, kidneys, and body. For the ultimate in non-denatured and virtually 100% assimilable protein that stores for decades at a time, consider getting Green Meadow Way. The protein in Green Meadow Way will support your energy, mood, strength, glutathione production, immunity, repair, and more. To learn more, go to bestwayprotein.net or call 888-988-3325. Extendivite really works. Here's just a few testimonials from Amazon. RL, five stars. Been taking this for two months now. I feel better. Have more energy. April, my husband started taking Extendivite, and he said he feels much better and has more energy. EW, need to try. Everyone needs this for their health. Great product, great people. Josie, it works great. This product has made my blood pressure and cholesterol stable. I highly recommend it. JC, great product, has worked well these last few years. To get your Extendivite today, go to Extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Or call us at 1-877-928-8822. Extend your life with Extendivite. Hi, this is Sophie Winnick, longtime distributor and user of Longevity products. In the last few years, my family went through a crisis. Everything else in my life, including my business, had to be put on the back burner. Thankfully, life is getting back to normal now. But the one thing I never had to worry about was my business and my monthly commission. I've been a distributor for Longevity for over 17 years, since before it was Longevity. And I've got to say, the most amazing thing about this company is the people. While my family was in crisis, other distributors stepped in and helped my customers simply because that's what longevity people do, even for people they don't know. For me, it has never been about getting rich. It was about a product I could stand behind, a company I could count on, and a monthly commission check that has never not once been late in 17 years. Longevity is truly a business for everyone, even people who have too much to do. I'm Sophie Winnick. I'm just like you. I have a real life, real ups and downs, but I know I will always have longevity. Tormay, screenwriter, producer. You're listening to Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Shane, the jury's still out about the internet, although I started early. This was a creation of the Advanced Research Projects Agency Network, originally funded by the U.S. Department of Defense, folks. This is ARPANET, okay? Right, so they created the internet beginning... In the 1960s. Now, think about what it does and think about the way it can be used for abusive purposes like control. On the theory that everybody shares everything 
and everything is open to everyone. But on the other hand, it's also the most workable method at mass population control. Yep. My gut, the more I talk about it, says that I think the pros might outweigh the cons because we are able to circumvent a lot of the powers that be and we are able to try to do a lot of different you know learning uh, abilities communication and that to me might outweigh the cons and that hopefully those pros can help us learn how to get rid of those cons i don't it's, but it's never going to happen the thing is everything we always make as humans as we progress as a species will always have cons and we just have to learn to live with them. I don't like the idea of taking away this beautiful thing, the internet that is, or trying to control it because it's become of the public square. Whether you like it or not, you know, I don't like that idea. The public square to me is, you know, in the middle of town where we can all meet and talk and have coffee. But that's not the case because the internet has kind of condensed the entire world onto the screen and now the town square is everywhere you can't help it so we got to find a way to mitigate those cons while also hopefully learning to subvert the powers that be i keep thinking of like the revolution in egypt you know that didn't end so well i don't think but it was put on by the internet you know people were able to organize through the internet i don't advocate for violence I'm very anti-war, but there are things that the internet can do with mobilizing people, whether you like it or not, that can be good. I'm obsessed with art. I'm obsessed with learning. I'm obsessed with music. That, to me, the internet is a portal to that. But I'm also very aware that most of us are under some type of spell when we're on the internet. And you have to always be very skeptical of what you're seeing, what you're reading, who's talking to you. Like, to me, one of the scariest things happening now is the deep fakes, you know, and we were talking earlier about people mostly on the political spectrum, either side, they hate a caricature of their perceived political enemy. Now, deep fakes are a real problem because they can just make a really nice looking deep fake of name your political person here saying something that is going to feed into your confirmation bias. And now you're really going to be mad. And how can you believe they said such a thing? You know, when my grandma was still alive, she was unfortunately easily manipulated by the internet, by emails she would get, by videos she'd be sent. It broke my heart to have to sit down with her and be like, all right, Grandma, that's fake. This is fake. That's not a real face. You know, someone changed it. It's called a deep fake. Da, 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 da. But it would cause in her extreme rage. And I'd just be so sad to be like, Grandma, this is your rage is rooted in a, in a false information. There's no way, unfortunately, of stopping that. So the best way going forward is to try to educate people to, to pinpoint these problems because as someone who, for whatever reason, has such an anti-authority strain, I don't want to give anyone the power to take away any way of us communicating. So we have to figure out a way of communicating better. Before Skynet takes over. Hopefully. If it hasn't already, though. Oh, by the way, let me go back to something we talked about earlier, that movie... The Long Kiss Goodnight with Gina Davis and Samuel L. Jackson. The price in the U.S., and I say just the U.S. because licensing for movies is completely whacked out and makes no sense. In the U.S., it's $3.99 for the HD version. And I think when you start thinking 
considering the things that happen after that, it's worth watching. Also a film called The Siege, which in a sense mm. predicted what became 9-11 in a certain way. Yeah. Isn't a lot of this like predictive programming? Yeah, perhaps. And of course, there's another movie which we don't consider the implications called True Lies with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And the mm-hmm. actor who played the terrorist, he appeared in one of the James Bond films as one of the rebels in Afghanistan. And the story is he was double-crossed by the U.S. and therefore became a terrorist. There's that line, you killed our women and our children and you call us terrorists. That's what he says in that movie. Whoa. And it follows the same theme where we helped out in a country and we didn't do so well. And basically, they came back. It came back to haunt us. Yeah, I will. Hey, I remember that one. That's a good movie. Right. That's the same one that Timothy Dalton appeared in, the first one. Yep. And it was one of the better ones because of the fact that James Bond was closer to the character of the original one. And I thought that was good. The actor's name is Art Malik, by the way. Okay. Terrific actor, by the way. And he played in The Living Daylights, and then he was the main villain in True Lies. Yeah, so when you think of like predictive programming and stuff like that, and whether it's art imitating life or vice versa, I think about how we know for certain the CIA has embedded themselves in different publications around the world and most likely Hollywood. So it's like (laughs) maybe these things are just a function of that. Maybe it's just, you know, there's only so many stories you can tell. And sometimes art just happens to imitate life. I'm at a point now where I am. My skepticism is just off the charts where it's almost unhealthy my wife and I joke now. It's like, oh, we, we were listening to, um, you know, Rockwell's song, Somebody's Watching Me, great Halloween song. And the bridge in that song is, is hilarious because he's like, who's watching me now? The IRS or the mailman, you know? He's, and I'm, Nancy, my wife, looks at me and she's like, that sounds like you. We're just about out of time here. We're going to have yeah. Shane back with After the Paracast because I want to ask him about the serial killers chapter. Okay, his book. Oh, yeah. Right now, tell our listeners they want to find more of what you do. Where do they go? So you can find me at Shane Cashman on all of those amazing and terrifying social media platforms we've been discussing. And you can find Tales from the Inverted World at TimCast.com. So if you go there and you are a member, you can get access to all of Volume 2, which has been serialized. And we just finished our did our Volume 2 finale last Sunday, and that takes place in Washington, Georgia, where I tried to uncover the lost Confederate gold and end up meeting mediums, witches, I saw UFO, I discuss skeletons hidden in hidden graveyards, all this stuff. And um, Tales from the Inverted World is at Inverted Tales on Twitter and and, uh, Instagram. And uh, you can also buy the book we've been discussing at invertedworldbook.com. You can find us on Twitter if you look for the Paracast. Check out two separate sections of the Paracast on Facebook, although they won't let us put the URL on there, but they won't let Tim put the URL for conspiracyjournal.com there either. We are dangerous. They don't want you to know what we know. Mm -hmm. We also (laughs) offer branded merchandise. 
at theparacast.shop or the Paracast.store for that matter. It takes you to the same place where we have four different Paracast logos. Choose the stuff you want and we give you good prices, good quality. Also check out the Paracast Plus at theparacast.plus. The subscription service offers this show free of the network ads. Okay, free of the network ads, better quality audio. And the premium after the Paracast podcast where you never know what's going to happen next. And of course, Shane Cashman will be back on that for further discussions. So you don't want to miss it. It's the Paracast Plus at the Paracast.plus. If you use the coupon code UFO20, UFO20, you get a 20% discount on five-year and lifetime subscriptions, the Paracast.plus. And don't forget the International UFO Congress from October 12th through 16th in Mesa, Arizona. Go to ufocongress.com for more information. Use the coupon code PARACAST for a 20% discount. ufocongress.com. Shane Cashman, thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.